When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chad and Zay. All right, how about hour number three on a Tuesday? Hope you had a great long weekend. Longhorn baseball comes out of the weekend knowing where they will be for the regional. Texas headed to Coral Gables. Got to avoid uh, all the distractions of South Beach because Louisiana is a pretty good baseball team. They have won 40 games this year. Texas and Louisiana, Friday at 1. Miami and Maine are on the other part of that regional. Uh, If Texas wins that first game, the winner's bracket game is Saturday at 5. If they lose it, loser's game is Saturday at 11. We'll be talking about that throughout the week. It's Chad and Zay on this Tuesday. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. With a beat to start every third hour. What we got, Zay? Fight the power, public enemy. Ooh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a little P.E. Fight the powers that be. It's classic, man. Do the Right Thing album. Radio Raheem. Play this the whole movie. There's a movie I need to see, too. Never seen it. Are you serious? Never seen Do the Right Thing all the way through. See, I don't know if that's movie review because it's too good. Like we're on a really bad yeah, movie true. You know, review state right now. You don't want to cleanse it with a really good yeah, one. Yeah, I right? can't do that. you got to watch that on your own time. We're on a weird run of these strange good-bad movies. By the way, my wife confirmed the other night she's never seen The Last Boy Scout all the way through. And I said, honey, trust me, we need to sit through this one time. <laughs> That's probably best, though. Because we're diehard people. And when you're diehard people, it means you are susceptible to Dirty, grimy Bruce Willis as a cop. And that's what Last Boy Scout is. Okay. She also likes that one where he's in Pittsburgh, because they're Pittsburgh people, on my wife's side of the family, where he's in Pittsburgh and he's a cop and he's on the river. Have you seen that one? No. Striking distance, striking point, something striking. Yeah, she's all about that. She'll love. She will love Last Boy Scout. Have you seen Cop Out with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan? I'm not sure. That's the next one she needs to see. Is that a good bad one? No, yes. Yeah. A good, yeah. A good, oh yeah. Good bad oh, movie. Oh yeah. Because it's older Bruce Willis, like yeah. 2000 something, yeah. and then Tracy Morgan, just Tracy Morgan. Man, we got to cling to all that Bruce Willis now that he can't do it anymore. It's a shame. Yeah. It it's sad. a sad, sad story that he uh, can't can't uh, can't do it anymore. So hopefully Bruce is doing well right now. Um, all right. So we start our two o'clock hour with another Chat GPT discussion. This old man's trying to figure out all this stuff. So, Zay, somebody puts in the search on ChatGPT, and this AI is creating different things. It can create, you know, papers for you, answers of questions. If you're John Morant, an apology if you need it for the league. But in this case, what we've been, what you've been using it for is looking up, people have been looking up different lists for sports. So, we had a couple NFL lists, great defensive players of all time. Best, uh, what do we have? What was the Most other one? overrated. Overrated since like 2015, I yeah. think was the list we had. Uh-huh. Okay, but this one goes to a world I know you love, and that's college basketball. So let's hit it. 
Yeah, the chat, GPT, top 25 point guards since 2000. Okay. Keep that in mind, since 2000. Point guards since 2000. All right, we're just going to go down the list really fast. Okay. 25, Trey Young. Wow, okay. 24, Jared Harper, Auburn. 23, DJ Augustine. Ooh. Are we serious? I sense that you don't enjoy that place. No, I don't. Two-time All-Big 12. All-Americans, consensus All-American. Come on, man. Big okay. 12 freshman of the year, left his sophomore season, got the horns to the Elite Eight. You'll see a lot of these guys in front of him that you're going to realize this list is absolutely bogus. Okay. 22, Tyler Ennis, that, for example, right there. <laughs> 21, Frank Mason III. Uh, he had a decent career. Number 20, Scotty Reynolds, Villanova. 19, Scoop Jardine. Do you even know who that is, Chad? Ooh, I remember the name vaguely. Yeah, he went. Vaguely. He played for um, Syracuse. Played for Jim Behan. Syracuse, okay. Yeah, so he underachieved, obviously. <laughs> and, and doesn't know how to defend. Definitely doesn't know there how to defend. Okay. Plays a weak-ass 2-3 zone. Okay. He's 19. 18, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon. I'm not cool with him being in front of DJ, but whatever. He's a solid player in the NBA. 17, Devin Downey from South Carolina almost threw my phone just now. <laughs> Are we serious? Come on, Chad GPT. We're smarter than that. We're smarter than that. This might be a slow robot. This might be one of the Chad GPTs that haven't been updated in a hot minute because this don't make no sense. Number 16, Aaron Kraft. Maybe he was kind of like a J.J. Reddick, Leitner-ish. You know, mm-hmm. he kind of had an aura in college basketball, stayed all four years. So DJ went to, I'm, I'm okay with that, I guess. All right. 15, Devontae Graham. He had a really good career at Kansas. I'm okay with him being ahead of DJ. Okay. Not much, though. 14. Here we go. D'Angelo freaking, I give up on my team. I can't make shots for the Lakers. I know this is a college oh, ranking. No. Russell. Yeah, you, you're going to hold the pro stuff against him, aren't you? Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to hold the pro stuff <laughs> against him. He only spent one year in college. Uh-huh. He was good. He was an All-American, Big Ten All-American, Big Ten freshman of the year, but his team got knocked out pretty early in the tournament. That was Ohio State? Yes, Ohio yeah. State. Doesn't make much sense to me. Like, winning should matter. Okay. And Longhorn fans, brace yourselves. If you're driving, relax. 10-2. and 10-2. and two. Make sure you're locked in. Do not lose your mind. Number 13, TJ Ford. Oh, my God. 13? Is that what you just said? Number 13, TJ Ford. <laughs> I don't. Like, this is a list. I shouldn't be this mad. I really shouldn't. You like shouldn't. it's kind of dark. Like I feel like I should see a shrink it was because this ma- has made oh. me so mad Dude. over the last few days. And TJ seen it. He went on Twitter and said, "I dominated college basketball in a way that will never be duplicated." He's not lying one bit. No, this is TJ Ford, one of the most modest, humble guys you'll ever see in me. Just flat out said, wow. I dominated college basketball in a way that will never be duplicated. He also said, Chad, the creation of Texas basketball program that changed the entire culture in the great state of Texas. Dude, if the list was so bad, it woke T.J. Ford up to that degree, and that tells you how bad it is. I don't know what's sadder, that T.J. Ford needed to do, felt he needed to do that, or that he's making the argument to robots. I don't know which is sadder, but that's crazy. It's nuts. That's absolutely. Come on, AI. You're supposed to be putting all the information together and spitting. When when they asked you who the best 
NFL defensive player of all time was, you came up with Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. It made sense. Yeah, Reggie White was second. We like that. I, Dion was fourth. Y'all had Dick Buck as third, which, uh, you know, whatever. He's old head. You know, everybody was smoking cigarettes at halftime era. But still, Dick Buck is a legend. So we were good with that. But 13, Chad. Uh, I, so disrespectful. The guy won the Wooden Award and the Naismith Award. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, got his team to the Final Four and played against one of the greatest college basketball players of all time in Carmelo Anthony. That's why they lost. So I'm assuming Melo is somewhere in this top 12? <laughs> no, because it's point guards. Oh, it's point guards. I'm sorry, you're right, it's points. My That's bad. what makes it more nuts. That makes That's m- what makes it even more nuts because guys right. in front of him have don't even have close to the skins on the wall that TJ does in his college career. We're not talking about what you did in the pros. No. College. College. That's point what it guard. says. Since 2000. College, college point, point guard. guard. All right, here we go. Number 12, Jalen Brunson. I'm good with that. He has two championships yes, with he does. Villanova. That's fair. I am good with that. In at fa- 12. In fact, if I'm a Villanova fan, I'm a little pissed he's 12. To be honest, yeah. Maybe. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Number 11, Darren Collison. No. Ain't no way. Ain't no way Darren Collison at UCLA had a better college basketball career than TJ Ford. Yeah, TJ, I'm with you on that one. I'd, I'm definitely with you on that battle. Number 10. Shabazz freaking Napier. Oh no! Look, he had a he won two rings. Yeah. One of them was Kimba's. The other, he was the man. I, I, just because he won championships as a lead point guard, I'm okay with it. But he still wasn't as good as TJ Ford. Okay, that whatever. All right. Number nine, which this is when it becomes a joke. D Brown. He wasn't even the best point guard on his team. <laughs> D Brown. D Brown from Illinois. He wasn't even the best point guard on his team that never won anything. They lost in the championship to North Carolina. Darren Williams was their better point guard. Damn, I'm so old. I didn't. I forgot that was in the 2000s. Yeah. I thought that was back in the 90s. Yeah. Who would you have point guard for your team in college? Darren Williams or D. Brown? He was just iconic because he had the braids and the headband. Yes, Williams. Easy. Yeah. yeah. D. Will, I'll take D. Will. He ain't even on the list. Really? D. Will ain't even on the list. Now, that is weird. If you're going to put one of those guys on the list, the other probably needs to be on it. Now, D. Brown did play a senior year, so I haven't checked his full stats, but he played four years. TJ right. played two. Okay. Darren Williams only played three. I don't know. Oh Number God. eight. Ty Lawson, I like North Carolina. I'm okay with that. He okay. won a ring, but their best player was Tyler Hansborough. Uh-huh. TJ Ford was always the best player on the team. Uh-huh. You can't say that about those Roy Williams, North Carolina teams. Tyler Hansborough was the man on those North Carolina squads, but he won a championship. I'll let it slide. All I'll right. let it slide. All right. Number seven, makes no sense, John Wall. Makes no sense. <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. What? Makes no sense whatsoever. John Wall? They didn't get as far as Texas did. In the tournament, Texas got to uh, the championship. Oh, God. I mean, not championship, Final Four, excuse me. Yeah. And they lost in the Elite Eight. Remind me where John Wall was? Kentucky. Kentucky. They got upset. They should have went further. They lost in the Elite Eight. So he didn't take his team, mm. and they were probably better. Give us DeMarcus uh, Cousins instead of, I love you, James Thomas, but DeMarcus Cousins was different. If you don't know anything else about your team, who do you want bringing the ball up the floor? TJ or Wall? I mean, I mean, <laughs> he he was the number one pick. He had a great one season, yeah. But his one season oh, on, wasn't man. what TJ did in his two. Especially if we're gonna have guys, you know, ahead of him like D Brown, because we're clearly winning doesn't matter. I mean, they got to a championship, but we just talked about that was Darren Williams in that squad. So, yeah. oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> number number six, Trey Burke. Trey Burke. Trey Burke. <laughs> They got to the championship, lost. 
He was yeah. good, but come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Dre Burke was never winning the award. Oh, he did win a win award. He uh, did win a uh, next uh, uh, Dre Burke had a good okay, career. All right. All right. All right. I'll let it ride. Number five, Jay Williams, Duke. Mm. That's tough. Okay. That, that's tough. This is when I'm like, yeah, he was good. But, you know, give us Shane Battier, Chris Duhon, Mike Dunleavy, Mike Krzyzewski. Rick Barnes is cool and all, but <laughs> we know Rick's record in the tournament, and we know Mike's. A little different. Uh-huh. So that's Jay had a lot of help. Just saying. That's fair. I, I'll give him that. They won that championship. He was a dog. Hell of a player. Hell of a player. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Number four, Jameer Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Jameer Nelson. Out of, where did he, St. Joseph? That's the, right, it's the St. Joe's guy, Saint, right? Yeah. That, Jameer Nelson and Delonte, Delonte West. West are the mm-hmm. two guys. Delonte, I slept with LeBron's mama and it ruined my life. Not career, life. <laughs> That's what happens when you mess with LeBron's mama. You see what, now he's homeless. Yeah. And Mark Cuban couldn't even help him. Mark Cuban, billionaire owner, couldn't even help Delonte West. And Mark Cuban's tried to help him t- yeah. multiple uh-huh. times. Uh huh. And y'all yeah. wanted to clown him about being with LeBron's mama. Go get with LeBron's mama if you want. You're going to end up homeless. Mm. But Jamil Nelson, number four, come on. Come on. I can't let that ride. That's too high. That's too high. Yeah, that's too high. Number three, which this should be number one, uh-huh. Kimba Walker. Okay. So for you, Kimba should be number one. Yes. Okay. Yes. Number two, Derrick Rose. Makes no sense. D. Rose at two? Fool didn't even take his own SATs. <laughs> we got him at number two. That uh, one season that he had. They should have won the title. They should have. They didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he had a really good season, so. Oof. I don't know if I go. I don't know. I don't know if I go as high as two, though. See, that's what I'm saying. Chris Douglas yeah. Roberts was good. Dorsey was good. You remember they beat the horns in that Elite Eight game. Sure. That, yeah. that team was good, but. So who's the one? This is the worst pick ever. Chris Paul. Makes no sense whatsoever. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Wow. Chris Paul. Some people <laughs> forget where he went to college. Hang on. Hang on. Chris Paul. Um, That's a damn shame that wake. you're thinking this hard. Exactly. Wake. You thought way too hard, but that's yeah. right. No, I remember. In fact, I believe I went and saw Wake play here. I think they came with Chris Paul. I think I'm remembering it right. They can't play at the Irwin Center. He wasn't even the ACC player of the year the two years that he was there. Oh, come on, y'all. So, like, I don't, I don't know if this was a rigged list, mm. but some may right. And, again, if you get T.J. Ford, have something to say on Twitter, because he don't got Twitter fingers. I was going to say. He has way more important stuff to do to reply to this BS, to this bull corn. And to get that demonstrative about it, you know it had to be – it had to feel pretty disrespectful to him. Where where would you have TJ? Probably three after Jay Williams and Kimba. Okay. Just because those guys led their team to championships and they were ridiculous while doing it. What Kimba did, uh, they weren't even supposed to make the tournament if they didn't win the Big East tournament with Calhoun and them. Like they had to win five games. He had that iconic step back shot against Pitt. Mm-hmm. Like Kimba's run, he deserves to be number one. I'll take TJ at number three. But so- 13. No. Yeah, you'd have gone. So you'd have gone Kimba, Jay Williams, TJ. Yes. Yeah. I DJ was, Augustine would have been top 15. Okay. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say, to me, TJ has to be up in that top 10 somewhere. Even if you want to make an argument to me that it's back end of the time with you, I'd, I'd make it more front end of the top 10, but not even top 10 is crazy. <laughs> For that discussion, point guards since 2000, college basketball. 
Come on now. Yeah, this has to be looking at the NBA a little bit. It must like, this has to be looking at where you got drafted must have, and yeah. your career in the league. Like, I can't see anything besides that because Derrick Rose was an MVP in the league, Kimba, perennial mm. all-star, Chris Paul, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Jamil Nelson had a few years where he was an all-star with Orlando. Jason Williams, if he wouldn't have rode the bike, he would have been an excellent player in the, in the league. You know what I'm saying? True just, shame, yeah. And then TJ, we know what happened with his spine and stuff and how his career was shortened. But, yeah, th- this says college basketball since 2000. Yeah, I- all I can say is how dare you robots. This is how we know the robot thing has gone too far if the robots can't get this right. If the robots upset TJ Ford to that degree, that's not right. Yo, I was at Waterloo Ice House a few months ago and they had a robot bring us our food. Freaked me out. Wait, where? Waterloo! Ice House right here, 360. Waterloo Ice House has yes. robots bringing yes. you stuff? doing it. What? Scared the living crap out of me. But, yo, this is where we are. A few years ago, my father-in-law saw this commercial for the next big, like, Royal Caribbean ship that was going out, and he's a Royal Caribbean, he's addicted to it. They've been, they cruised for years and oh, years I love and cruises. Years. I feel them. When he saw the robot bartender... I thought he was going to pass out. <laughs> like, he was so confused. He's like, what? what? And he doesn't drink a ton. Uh, but it was, even somebody like me saw that, and I thought, wait, they have robot bartenders now? That's trippy on the cruise. What the hell is going on? That's a little trippy on the cruise. Yeah, see, I'd end up ordering eight of those in a row. Yeah. I'd be on the floor underneath. That, that, that robot would be cleaning me up by the end of the night. Oh, my God. Chat GPT. There you go. Top 25 point guards in college basketball since 2000. Zay would tell you not to even look at the list. But if you do and you're a Texas fan, be warned. Be warned. Oh, my goodness. You got anything else you're going to check out chat GPT-wise after that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to keep it coming. You're going to go find something else? Yeah, keep it coming. I don't know if you're going to find one more messed up than that one. I don't think so either. That's wild. Yeah. So what we've learned so far is chat GPT seems to understand the NFL and doesn't seem to grasp college basketball. Yep. Now, Now it makes me want to have you go look up something else in college basketball. Like, just think up some, like, you know. I got another one. Greatest centers of all time. And just, just kind of back off and see where it goes. Yeah, we got a long week. I got a few college basketball ones. Tyler Hansborough's three. What is the? No. <laughs> that's, that's, we know something's wrong. Up, Something. Longhorn fans. Word on Caleb Love, the North Carolina transfer that went to Michigan and didn't work out there. So his options were Texas and UConn. Clearly, that was a lie. He's going to Arizona. What? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Not good. Yeah. It's okay, though. Max A. Smith, you know, Caden Shedrick. We got guys. He would have got guys. He would have been a luxury guy for you? Um, He definitely would have helped, but mm. with Tyrese Hunter coming back, that's a pretty good backcourt already. Makes it easier to deal with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Caleb Love headed to Arizona. Uh, so sometimes all the rumors are not true. All right. Coming up, we'll tell you why today matters. Steve Sarkeesian rounding out the coaching staff, getting a couple of uh, analysts and assistant to the head coaches and a couple of names you know. Uh, and another one uh, we will fill you in on. If you don't know, that is coming right up. We are only 95 days away from Texas and Rice in that first game of the year on September 2nd, and you're going to hear that game and all the games right here on The Horn. Chad and Zay. 
All right. Rolling through a Tuesday. Do I have any shot here, Zay? Who does it sound like? You don't, but who does it sound like to you? Any new rapper, newish rapper, any vibe? I mean, I guess there's a little Kendrick. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. It's not. It's Isaiah Rashad, who is in Kendrick's old label, TDE, Ah, but they call him kind of the South version of Kendrick. Uh He's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Kendrick of the South. Yeah. (laughs) What's his name again? Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah Rashad. Yeah, he jams. He's really good. It's a good. I said it's a good, really good vibe. Yeah, he's really good and top dog, which is the head honcho of TDE and founded Kendrick and all those guys. When he found Isaiah Rashad, that's the vibe he got. Like, oh, you're like a Southern Kendrick. We could do something with okay. you. Okay. Is yeah. it wrong that before he started rapping, the thing that popped in my head was D'Angelo? Is that wrong? Angelo. I don't know why. It just popped in my like head. Like brown sugar? Like I don't I don't know what the it was. The singer D'Angelo? Yeah. I don't know why. That just popped in my Ooh. head at the very beginning. That kind of that just that smooth that smooth R and B kind of feel to I it. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. D'Angelo was smooth. He was he was smooth. Yeah. He did that video the girls couldn't stop looking at. Oh yeah, we just butt naked. <laughs> How does it feel? Oh, that was just that's talk, a jam. You talk about a, a wonderfully simple video. Yeah. That's one of the best simple videos ever made, bro. I needed to be naked in some baby oil. He was good. Man, that was that's one of those things where you could get on it until you realize, well, I guess if I looked like that when I was naked, <laughs> I'd probably be naked. It's like when you see a guy with his shirt off at the gym and you realize it's okay because that's what he looks like. Yeah. With the shirt off. It's like, no, no, you know what? I'm gonna keep mine on. He needs to keep his off, cause look. Look what, I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, D'Angelo had a hell of a run. Yeah, no doubt. All right, uh, so Isaiah Rashad, the Brothers Johnson, New Edition, Madonna, and Alice Cooper have all been a part of the show. We even had a P.E. beat to start the hour, a little public enemy, fight the power. Uh, Longhorns are going to try to fight the power in Miami and get through that Coral Gables Regional. Friday at 1 is the scheduled start time, 1245 pregame right here on the horn and uh, we got a couple things to get into why today matters if you haven't uh, heard Steve Sarkeesian adding some folks to the uh, coaching staff you talk about trying to replace the analyst role of Gary Patterson well maybe it's more than one guy to do it let's get into it why today matters brought to you by sinus and snoring specialist get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at sinus and snoring specialist 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, it is May 30th, just about done with May. Quick uh, birthday shout-out. Happy birthday to the great Gail Sayers. He would have been 80 years old today. Gail uh, passed away back in 2020, one of the smoothest running backs to ever live. Yo, that's Bucky Gobble's favorite player of all time. Yeah, I know. I've heard Bucky talk about Gail many times. Kansas is the old school, if you don't know. And there's a great report this month on Real Sports on HBO about the whole grass versus turf thing. And apparently all the way back towards the end of his career, Gail Sayers was saying that turf was going to ruin football players really? through time. And now they're really they, – they have a doctor on there talking about the things they're seeing. And basically it's trickling down from the NFL. They're going to so much turf 
that it's validating the colleges doing it and the high schools doing it. And we all know there's all kinds of stories about feet getting stuck in that turf, and there's nothing that you can do. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it a lot. The NFL makes way too much money not to be looking at these players as just they're the ones that make you the money. So invest in them. If they're telling you these things, don't be cheap and go the turf route because that's what it is. You're just trying to save money with the turf. And we saw in the Super Bowl, if you just bring in random grass, it could be bad. Mm -hmm. Like You need grass that can be maintained throughout the whole year, not just the football season, throughout the whole year. So when it comes from September through December, even January, you're good. And you're not worried about guys like Odell Beckham having their knee completely shot in the Super Bowl and things like that. Right. Because it's getting bad. And that place was brand new. Yeah. Think about when he did that. That's not like old Philly turf. That was brand new SoFi. And yeah. Yeah. Then a year later, you have that awful grass and the Philadelphia Eagles slipping all over the place. And they still use that as an excuse to why they lost the Super Bowl. I know. Yeah. Because they're really good edge rushers and really good defensive line that broke records this past season with over 70-plus sacks, couldn't get to Patrick Mahomes because they were slipping all over the place due to how bad the feel was with the grass. Well, they gotta, uh, they got to have that discussion. Hopefully they will. It's, uh, it is kind of players versus players versus owners uh, right now. They want to go to more covered stadiums, which means turf makes more sense, but some interesting stuff. That's amazing, Gail Sayers. Was yeah. one of the first. I didn't. I didn't realize that. But at the end of this piece, Bryant Gumble was talking to. I think it was Andrea Kramer that did that piece, and he mentioned that. And I was like, Wow, well, I don't know that I ever heard that. But, yeah, because that's that era where I run on cement. If I could, right. we play. I play barefoot. You know what I'm talking about? Like those the old heads. They say put us out wherever and we'll play. And they Ga- weren't thinking about things like that. And Gale is the most famous example of the career cut short. Back then, he went eight or nine years, had a knee injury that nowadays would have been just, you know, a year out and right back. Yeah. Back then, it was done. Yeah. It was finished. And then, you know, so he, he was talking about turf apparently way back then. Uh, so in terms of today, let's get you a little Longhorn football update. 95 days till the first game. And Zay, I, I was reading some stories on this uh, replacement of or the offensive analyst position or assistant to the head coach position for Texas. I think maybe a lot of people mistakenly thought, well, Gary Patterson was there as assistant to the head coach, so you got to replace him with one person. That's not necessarily true. You could have as many assistants to the head coaches as you want. That's the whole point of this thing uh, with the analyst role, the thing that Nick Saban found out before anybody else and used before anybody else really got going. So now there's really three names that are getting added here. I know one of them because I'm a Cowboys fan. Joe Camilas is a famous special teams coach with the Cowboys, with the, the Jags, all through the league. My only concern there, Zay, would be he's never been in college football unless it's way, way back, and I'm not seeing it on the resume. That'd be the only little concern I would have, but I think Joe D. Camillus is an interesting guy to bring in uh, as, you know, it'll be special assistant to the head coach, but we kind of know where the specialty will be. That's been, he's been a special teams guy for so long that I can't imagine that would hurt hurt that unit. Yeah, and Jeff Banks, I know he'll be happy to bring him along, whether he has college experience or not. You see his NFL experience, and it's about 30 years plus. Like, yeah. he started really early when he was young. It has a lot of skins on the wall, so I'm not really worried about his college experience coming in to help the special teams, but we know Steve Sarkeesian, he was an analyst himself when he didn't think anybody would give him a second chance 
Nick Saban did, like you just said, one of the first right. to do it. So if the money's going to be there to hire these guys, then go ahead, do it. Like, hire as many eyes as possible, bring in guys. I love the uh, Paul Chris hire. I thought that's terrific, being a former head coach in the Big Ten and what he's going to bring to the table, especially with the unknown in the running back room. All those guys from Savion Red, Jonathan Brooks, Blue, Keelan Robinson, and the freshman C.J. Baxter, all those guys could have big years, but who's going to be that head honcho? You know, everybody thinks it's going to be Jonathan Brooks. Okay, could C.J. Baxter slide his way in there somehow? Savion Red, he runs tough. It's going to be hard not to Mm -hmm. put the ball in his hands in certain situations. He had a really good spring game and a really good spring. So what is Paul Chris going to come in and help Steve Sarkeesian and that coaching staff with the run game and, you know, just whip the whole offense as a whole? I'm interested in seeing it and very good. I'm very happy with it. I think this is a really good hire. I do. That's an interesting – it's a very interesting one to me because I think there's a – just like with Gary Patterson – there was a sort of built-in distraction last year if something went wrong. There's a built-in prob- there's a built-in static here if something goes wrong and you can't run the football. And then people start asking about, well, wait, you brought in Paul Chris. What's going on there? Or if the run game, if you rely on it too much, if you go to it too much and you get bogged down, are people going to think, well, maybe Chris has got too much to do with it? Like, if I'm a Texas fan, I deep down know that Steve Sarkeesian is controlling this thing and he loves to throw the ball. The the question will be, do we actually see parts of it where we'll go, oh, maybe that's the the Chris influence. He's going to get asked about Paul Chris. He's got to get ready for that now. He got asked on the other side of the ball about Gary yet last year, probably too much. So now this year it's his side of the ball. When he gets asked about Paul Chris, how does he answer it? How does he diffuse those things? And depending on how the running game looks, how much credit does Chris get? How much blame does he get? How much does and, and then how much is Sark really listening to him? Yeah. I mean, if you're Sark, you don't give a damn who gets the credit as long as you're putting up points and winning ball games. Because we got to keep bringing it up, just like we did with Gary. He is not a coach. He's not. He is not a part of this coaching staff. He's an analyst. Now, that might be really important, but I'm just pointing it out. He is not one. It's not the OC. That's not. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be chewing out guys or really even right talking to guys on the sideline during the game. I don't even know if that's allowed. But how much does Sark let him dial in? The one thing I that I remember finding out about Patterson last year. What's the thing that they said? Once he gets to the sideline, he's not allowed to have a headset. Right. That was the thing. He can't have. He couldn't be in the booth, and he's not allowed to have a headset. Like, you know, either way. Um, so that's an interesting name to keep uh, keep in mind. Paul Christ, offensive side of the ball. Jody Camilas, obviously a big focus on special teams. And then this third name, Zay, feels like it's going to have a little bit more of a defensive flair to it if you're going to go one way or the other. Piham Sadat is uh, a guy that has been – he has – about 30 years of experience uh, at different levels, D1, 1AA, Cal Poly in the 90s. Um, I'm seeing Western Washington, um, different schools like that out west, but a lot of defensive stuff. He was a linebacker himself when he played, and a little bit of special teams, but it feels like the defensive side is big for Sadat. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what he could bring to the table. It's just more eyes is always good. 
you yeah. know, more unbiased opinions, guys just coming in. And how do you not want to come and work in Austin, Texas? Whether you're a coach or not, you think about Chris' situation, like he was a big-time coach at Wisconsin in the Big Ten, and now he's coming to be an analyst for Steve Sarkeesian. That should show you what the Horns are doing and what this coaching staff's doing with the culture and having a lot of people wanting to be a part of it. Look at Chris Jackson coming from the NFL to the University of Texas. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys don't leave the NFL to go to college or back to college. A lot of people look at that as a downgrade. At University of Texas, it ain't no downgrade. So, yeah, shout out to Sark. And, again, we're after Memorial Day. It's about to get cracking. Like, yeah. guys are about to start putting pads in. Those freshmen are coming in. They're going to get acclimated and, you know, college football ready in the weight room, off the field, et cetera. It's an exciting time. The thing, Yeah, the thing that would excite me if I'm a Texas fan, the idea – of, of what the name Paul Christ means, that tells me Sark is at least paying attention to kind of, you know, where he is. Mm-hmm. And knowing that he's got to figure that that room out. He wants to continue the thousand-yard, you know, running back string that he's got going. But more importantly, that connects back to the DNA of Texas that I always talk about. I just think it's tough for a Texas fan to think about not paying attention to your running game, considering the history that the school has. So that would tell me he's at least willing to have those discussions. And if I'm, that's an interesting discussion we'd all, I think, like to sit in on. When a passing mind like Steve Sarkeesian sits down with a running mind like Christ and says, okay, now, 2023, how do we run the ball? Here's what I like to do. How do you run the ball along with that? What would you do? And then what does he have him doing? What does he have him breaking down? Is he breaking down opponents? Is he breaking down, you know, how, how does he, what is he going to have Paul Chris doing week to week? That'll be interesting to find out too. Yeah, and hopefully Chris could come in and see all five of those running backs and say, okay, this guy will be good at this. Yeah. This guy will be good at that. Mm-hmm. Where, what can we do with Keelan Robinson? Because that's a huge question mark on that guy. He's too talented and too fast to not use him the way that you haven't used him these last two years. Hallelujah. That's a great guy to bring up. So, Paul, come in, look at Keelan Robinson, and say, how can you put him in the offense and make it work? That's a great point. What is that guy for you? I've been waiting for that one. Me too! Now, Now, I'll admit, I'm one of those that I'm a sucker for anybody who ever played at Bama. I fully believe if you ever played at Bama, you should be great. There's no excuse. Like, there's no reason Saban picked you if you're terrible. But Keelan Robinson, man, there's a couple times he stuck his foot in the ground wearing both those uniforms where it was special. Somebody needs to unlock that even more. He's more than just a rapper, Chad. Yes, he is. I'm not sure if he runs as well as he raps, but it's damn close. Yeah. I've enjoyed both. I think he's talented at both. They need to figure that one out. All right, so some names to remember there. Chris and DeCamillis and Sadat added to the Texas coaching staff as analysts of different types, but all will probably get that you know special assistant to the coach, and then the role will be uh, figured out after that. 95 days away from Texas' first game. Up next, stems and seeds. Before we get out of here, we'll set you up for Ball Don't Lie with Rod and Harge. Keep it right here on The Horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Chad and Zay. Just about done on a Tuesday. Do I have any shot here? Um, nah, which is sad, but... I heard a little bit of a context clue here, so I'll have a weird guess. Ready? All right. Slick Rick. There we go. All right. I don't want to pay attention. There you go. See there? See, I can hear. I like the, uh... Like the horn section there. That's nice. No, this is a jam. What's the song called? The Ruler's Back. The Ruler's Back. Slick Rick, Isaiah Rashad, a new uh, newer name. I might need to check. How, how young a guy is Isaiah Rashad? Uh, he's probably just into the 30s. Okay. But he's still a newer artist. Newer, right. Yeah, a couple of albums. Now that I'm as old as I am, the 30-year-olds are young. Yeah. So I'm, you got to <laughs> realize that. The Brothers Johnson, New Edition, Madonna, Alice Cooper have all been on the show today. Had the Public Enemy beat to start the hour. We hope you are having a good Tuesday. We get ready for... Texas in the regional against Louisiana. That's Friday at 1 o'clock. We also talked a little SEC today. SEC meetings are underway in Destin, Florida. Why do you care if you're a Longhorn fan? Because Texas and OU representatives are there getting a chance to see how things work, meet some folks, shake some hands, develop relationships. No vote yet for Texas or Oklahoma, but they may be there when something big is decided. Greg Sankey says in the next little while, maybe it's the next couple days, they would like to get a schedule figured out for football for 2024, but they have not gotten that done yet. Right now I'm reading no divisions, according to Greg Sankey, and they're looking at an eight-game format that would be a 1-7, play one team every year, switch the other seven, and then a nine-game format, which would be the 3-6 idea we've talked about, play three every year, switch the other six. Zay, I'm going to go do the math on your 2-7 idea tonight, see if it's possible. I'm going to see if that makes sense. Yeah, man. I've never heard of a 2-7 idea. You, as a Longhorn fan, are saying you want to play Oklahoma, you want to play A&M, but you don't need that Arkansas game. You're good to rotate the others. Yep. Okay. We'll go see if that one works out because uh, I think that's the that's been the big issue of just trying to get all this uh, put together. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Tomorrow at 2, we're going to try to catch up with Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods. He's in Florida covering that for Orange Bloods, just kind of taking a look at it himself, just like the Texas and Oklahoma folks are. So hopefully we'll have that conversation tomorrow at 2.05. All right, coming up, uh, let's get you. Uh, coming up, we got Rod and Harge, of course, with Ball Don't Lie. Their thoughts on the weekend. Game 7 win for Miami and all the other stuff out there. Right now, let's get you stems and seeds. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. You got a couple nights where you can kind of you know, catch up with things maybe around the house and stuff like that, or maybe you're catching up on TV. Zay, here's an idea for the folks. Next two nights, how about a two-part 30 for 30 on American Gladiators? 
Are you ah, inter- are you interested? A little bit. Now, are you too young for American Gladiators? I briefly remember it. Like okay. Saturday mornings, I remember the competitions and everybody was in red, white, and blue. Uh-huh. That's really about it. Because when it started, I want to say it was either a Friday or Saturday night show when they first put it on. It was okay. like a weird prime time. Like maybe it was, was it after Saturday Night Live? or I, I can't even remember exactly what the scheduling was, but a two-part documentary on uh, on American Gladiators if you want to check that out. Earlier I mentioned the Brooke Shields uh, biography that's out there. I know a lot of people are getting caught up on different shows. I just finished up on Barry. The, the, the whole, ah, I gotta get to that. The whole show is over now. I won't say a thing, but uh, Barry ended over the weekend. So get caught up on all your TV tonight uh, because we do have sports coming. Zay, we both said without talking to each other, Denver and five in the NBA Finals. That's what you're looking at? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they can stop Joker. Nobody can. At all. And then you add in Murray. and These benches are going to be fun to watch, though. Which bench is going to be more impactful? Because there's some really useful guys all over both of these teams. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. But in the star matchup, the thing that would worry me as a Heat fan is there were a couple moments in that last series where Butler and Adebayo were not an impact. In fact, last night, there was moments where you're like, wait a minute, these are the other guys doing this. If they do that against Denver, they're going to get driven. That's not going to be a tight series if they cannot both step up at the same time. Yeah, I don't know if Caleb Martin can keep doing what he's doing. That's going to be key for Miami if they even want to have a chance. Dude, he was amazing. He was so good. The fadeaway jumpers, the threes, man, getting to the bucket. He was terrific. That was pretty, pretty stuff. We'll be talking NBA as the week uh, continues. That first game is on Thursday. First game of the Stanley Cup Finals is not until Saturday. Obviously, we'll be getting you ready for Texas in the regional as well. Have yourself a good Tuesday. Ball don't lie. Coming right up with Rod and Harge. Keep it right here on the Horn.